0: Welcome back to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. Charlotte, North Carolina. It is rainy and storming. I do not know if we're getting hit by a hurricane, or at least like the outsides of it. So, whatever. But uh, we had a storm start this morning, and it's been going. Um, I'm here to talk about UFC fight night Last weekend on ESPN, Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. I'll be going over the main and prelim card, or whatever it stood out, and then I'll get into a little bit of MMA news, or vice versa. Either way, I keep it a pretty sh- simple and s- short and sweet episode because there are no fights this weekend. Um, it's I I I don't I don't know I just assume maybe because. We've had so many back and forth, and they're gearing up for a couple. They're gearing up for fight week, which is big. But then next week, I'll be back to break down the fight night card: Anthony Smith versus Ryan Span in the light heavyweight division. So I'm drinking my coffee, and I'm going to get into it. Like I said, hopefully short and sweet. If you need anything else, check out SouthernScrapNation.com. That's Southern Scrap Nation. Um. Hot coffee. Hot. Okay, so we can get into the fights because might as well talk about them. Not necessarily fresh on my mind, but fresh enough to talk about that over new information or new news stories, especially because I can't rely on MMA news to get me through the rest of the podcast or to start me off in the podcast. So, anyway. This past weekend, we had September 4th uh, at the UFC Apex. We had the British Invasion come and do a very good job. Um, Some of the fights that I didn't see or that didn't go the way I I thought they were going to go, Julian Arosa submitted Charles Jordan. Not that he couldn't submit Charles Jordan. it just he did what any smart fighter would have done wear the striker out until the submission presented himself, and that's why the submission happened um in the third round. So moving on, uh, we had the next wave of British fighters coming from Wales, Jack Shore, fifteen and oh. I think this is the third fight in the UFC fighting tough alum Ludvik um Scholyan. Uh he fought on the He fought on the ultimate fighter. He did a pretty good job. Hard-nosed, Eastern European, comes forward, likes to fight, doesn't like to play. Um, Until he met Ricky Tercios, who also likes to fight and doesn't come to play. And Ricky just being the better better martial artist, but also having that fight-to-win attitude, allowed him to uh, deliver one of the better fights of the season on top of that allowed him to continue on and win the ultimate fighter. He fought Jack Shore as a late replacement. Jack Shore, there's so much hype behind this kid. And to be fair, there's a reason to be, right? He's 15 and 0. But as far as his fighting style, and Michael Bisman called him like GSP because he does a very good job of going in and out. He fakes, he throws jab, cross, cross, jab, just any straight punches down the middle, He keeps it very, 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 very like rear rear snap kick, keeps it very, very technical in the striking department, keeps it very fundamental, technical, jab, cross, and then the in and out movements with his feet. So when he throws his punches, jab, cross, or when he goes for his takedown, it's all the same movement, so you can't really tell. It's very good. I mean, you look at the stats. The takedowns, to, I mean, the, the submission attempts, like the timings were the timing was beautiful, especially against a guy like Ludvik who has the wrestling experience. This is what every fighter should look like. There is no reason with all these cool ass camps, with all these big multi million dollar facilities, that every single fighter in the UFC, at least, I don't care about the other organizations at the moment. Um, But if you're going to market yourself as the premier ultimate fighting championship, the one that everyone wants to fight in the organization, as far as when titles matter, all your fighters should look like that. Because it's not dependent on on someone's fighting capability as far as it doesn't take someone more years of experience to be able to do any of those things. He just put the time and effort and he worked on each one of those things to become the best fighter. On all levels, there's no more or less. He is the perfect balance. He is a fundamentally fit fighter. He's fundamentally where you need to be. I don't know if it's now is when we're starting this change but sooner or later this is what the normal will be. So this is where my So this is where my concern with Jack Shore comes in. Fundamental, great reactions, great eyes. Great awareness, great fight IQ. He's base in a video game, like balanced, everything's the same. But it's high level, right? 90's on everything, so he's a 90-level fighter. Maybe a 91-level fighter because 90's on everything. When, what happens when he finally fights somebody who is also fundamental, but they also have an it factor? He's in the weight. It might not happen until the top five. Petrion. Same thing, but he's got a little bit more diversity in his arsenal of weapons. He's got the Eastern European mentality. He's also got power. He's got a little bit more time boxing, but he's kind of in that thing. Rob font, another guy, he's got everything. He's got all the fundamentals, but he's got a nasty ass jab too. The X-Factors are always the things that make UFC fighters UFC fighters. The fundamentals is just what should weed you out from even being part of the fucking organization in my opinion. But the X-Factor has always been the case. Fighters in the UFC always have an X-Factor. Champions always have an X-Factor. I think he beats Aljamain Sterling. Aljo doesn't really have an I mean his his back attacks. I'm not saying Jack Shaw right now. But with that style, if you were to put it into someone with all the experience and stuff, it's a good it's a good style to go against someone like an Aljo. Right? Aljo's style is not really fundamentally heavy. He goes off a lot of kicks to set up takedowns. It's very unorthodox who kicks and then goes for takedowns. It's a lot of energy. It makes no energy efficient sense at all. There's no logic behind it, but it works because there is no logic behind it. All right, so then we have Molly McCann who won a hard round, a hard three-round decision against uh On Kim. The two takedowns definitely made the make the fight what it was. Um she fought for her last fight in the UFC. I mean, you take that away from her? No, I think it was great. Great show out for her. So far, England's doing great. All right. So then we start the main card with Paddy Pimlet versus Luigi Vendramini. Vendramini. Look at me now. Uh, fuck yeah, Paddy Pimlet. I've got a lot of friends that aren't a fan of him. That's fine. Whatever. They're going to watch him get knocked out, though. Listen, is he going to be Conor McGregor? No. Is he going to be Khabib? No. At least he's talking. At least he's being Patty fucking pimblet. At least he's someone. At least he's fucking doing something. At least he's not being boring. And he showed. He showed out. I mean, he got clipped. He kept his chin really high in the air. Like he was like an old-timey boxer from England. A real scouser with the, the hands down and the fucking chin up but man it, i mean <clears throat> everyone's like well he's a submission guy he tries to like take people down and so i mean he knocked this dude out he's a fighter in my opinion he's just very good with jiu-jitsu and some people just have a more have more infatuation with a certain martial art there's nothing wrong with that you just have not make it work what i mean by that is patty pimblett knocked this guy out in the first round Ryan Hall, way better jiu-jitsu than Paddy Pimblett. Is Ryan Hall knocking someone out in the first round? No. His goal is to get them to the ground. Everyone knows Paddy Pimblett's goal is that he would like to get you to the ground, but it's something he'd like to do. It's not something he needs to do. That's the difference. You can have an official, like, I like jiu-jitsu. I'm better at striking than I am jiu-jitsu. Damn, Shame. That's a shame. But it's not really a shame, right? Just because I like something doesn't mean I have to do it. That's why you get good at everything else. That's why you learn and you get those fundamentals good. Because it's not about what you like. You're in the middle of a fight. You do what you need to do to win. And Patty got rocked. Did he even shoot for a takedown? Patty went for two takedowns and he didn't get them. He went for two takedowns, didn't get the takedowns. So I guess that's not the option we're doing today, even though I really like going down to the ground. It's not what we're doing today. All right. Now, so congrats to Patty Pimelet. Welcome to the UFC. Way to make a statement a lot happened in a fucking one round, so that's what you need. At least the lightweight divi- at least the lightweight division will have pe- the reason why I like Patty and the reason why I enjoy the shite talking and stuff. When Connor's gone, who's there? When I mean khabib has gone. Who's talking? Michael Chandler? Justin Gaethje? Islam Makachev, these guys are all talking. I'm not saying at a, these guys are the best competitively. I don't think Patty should fight any of these guys straight off the bat. But what I'm saying is at least it draws attention. At least it's something worth watching. It's kind of, it's like Sugar Sean. But I think Patty, Patty's just like, got better ground game. And he's in the lightweight division. Lightweight, the div- bantamweight division is pretty is pretty bad, but when you got when you got Jose Aldo in your top five, it's relax. The lightweight is lightweight will always be one of the hardest, if not the hardest, divisions. Featherweight probably more now so than ever because featherweight you're now getting those same body types in, from lightweight, but lightweight is like the average male, not so much anymore now that. I mean, kind of big now but oh, it's usually the average male size to be able to carry a big frame and go down to 155 pounds it's not an easy task anyway so now moving on to Khalil Roundtree versus Modesta Bukakis uh, should this kick be illegal? Well, oh. um, no not at all why are we talking about legalities of kicks? We should be talking about what an awesome time, what an awesome time, timed kick Khalil Roundtree had. Um, realizing that Modesto was just not picking up that lead leg, keeping it at a sideways angle, and not being light on his toes. Heard Michael Bisping say this: "You can you can be in a boxing stance and check kicks. There's nothing wrong with a boxing stance." You just have to be in your fucking fighting. Like You have to be moving. You can't sit there and just take a kick. If I'm heavy on my lead leg and a person just goes for it and I'm just looking at butterflies, yeah, that, that's what should happen. I should either get kicked real hard in the leg. I should get that driven down into my – like, yes, it's terrible what happened. But like that's not on Khalil. Khalil's doing his job. Oh, but the malicious intent. Oh, you haven't been in a fight. Every single fucking thing is a malicious intent. That's the fucking purpose of it. When someone gets a... But an arm bar is a submission and you give them the... You give them the... You give them the chance to tap. Yeah, if you're a fucking idiot. Why would I give you a chance to tap? Guess who stops me from... Guess who stops the fighter from the fight? Not the tap. The tap doesn't mean anything. The, the fighter can tap all he wants to. If I get you a deep in an arm bar and you're tapping and the ref is, like, talking to Dana White, I, I guess you're still cranking that arm bar. Your tap means nothing to me. Oh, but it's so malicious. No, it's not. That's the way it is. The, anyone that brings up that this should be illegal, and I know even Stephen Winnebord Thompson has brought this up. Yeah. Take your heel and put it over someone else's dome piece and make them lose brain cells. Who are you telling what should and shouldn't be illegal and what has malicious – oh, but I did it with honor. When the guy comes in and he's all Ollie-like in a wheelchair and he's just like, at least Stephen Wonderboy Thompson did it for honor and I'm not – and I still got my knees. You can repair knees. You can't repair brains. Um. So I don't. How about get on refs that like let Petr Jan beat the shit out of Aldo for a whole round? How about that? That to me is more illegal than what what this happened. This is like this is more like Mo- Modesta to be honest. When I see this, I'm like, oh, what an idiot. Khalil, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah, you did what everyone dreams of doing. Khalil went home and watched every fight movie, like It Man or whatever, like John Wick. And whenever they do those moves, because they, you always see it in John Wick movie, like those kinds of movies, where they like, kick the side of the knee, and then the bad guy screams in pain, and then the 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 video or the, the sound bite of. The knee breaking, and the guy's like, ah, yeah, we've all seen that. And now Khalil Roundtree gets to go home, nudge his wife, girlfriend, kid, whatever, whoever, and go, I did that shit. Yeah, it looks exactly like that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> all right, so Walter Waite, Alex Morano, Moreno, Morano Mur- versus David Zawada. Um, Let me be honest guys, I didn't watch this fight. But hell yeah, Alex, Alexander Moreno. Well, Zawada's on a two fight losing streak. It seems like he's kind of a flash in the pan. As he submitted Nurmagomedov at uh, Abu uh, Abubakar uh, Nurmagomedov, which is a big cat thing in your hat, but like Mentally, that might be his thing. Like He's like, oh, I submitted an made of. Everything else here is to fill out a fight contract. It's all, it's all mental. When I, this, is, this was a decision, so in my mind, I think mental, and Alex is going to beat you mentally because he's just on a high. He beat Donald Cerrone. I just yeah, it doesn't make any, it. It makes sense to me that he won. I give it. A, uh, I should give it a watch. But then Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Spivak. Tom went in there. Uh, he said he wanted to take it a little bit like not easy, but he wanted to take his time. He Wanted to see what Sergey was going to give him. But man, he went in there. They clenched up, and then. Tom did what he's supposed to. You Need him right in the stomach and then elbowed him with the same hand. He's just so fast. He's so fast for heavyweight. I think the way Cyril Gahn is fast, Tom Aspinall, I think, is a bit faster. He's not overwhelming you with, like, footwork that Cyril Gahn is, but he's, like, overwhelming you with he, – he, I think he makes heavyweights not scared, but it make they, he makes them trigger happy. He's so faster, like, and go. And then they try to match, and then when they try to match, he capitalizes on their mistakes. I think that's why a lot of these guys I mean, he had a hard time with uh, Andre Orlovsky in the beginning, and that first round he, that second round, he came out, and just like double-legged him, trucked him, took him da- took him down, took his back, once again with the speed. But that first round, it was like Andre is so unorthodox that that speed thing was being negated. So he's like, I'm just going to take the speed and put into a different realm and the takedown and the submissions. And then this is one of those cases where Sergey, a very wrestling heavy guy, also short notice, tried to clinch up to stop the speed, left himself a little bit of an opening, right knee to the body, right elbow. And he's also a big boy. So you know, it's not like he's a 135er, even though he's got the speed of a smaller guy. It's not that he's a smaller guy. So he still carries that that, that power and stuff. All right. Congrats to Tom Aspinall. Future of the division. Tom versus Cyril a great fight. Everything else is kind of whatevs. Probably throw a tie to Evos in there at some point if Ty can get a good win streak going. That'd be an interesting fight, Ty versus Tom. Both fast guys. Tom would pro and it would give Tom the chance to try like do his jujitsu. But I like that fight. Tom versus Ty. Alright, um main event. You got Darren Till versus Derek Brunson. So England was fucking off to the races until this one. All right. So caveats before this fight. Darren Till tore his ACL. Derek Brunson had a broken rib. All right. We good. We got those out of the way. Good. So no more excuses when we're talking about this. Obviously, it had something to do with the fight. Till's physique looked bad. Derek Brunson. He kind of looked off, too. I don't or Maybe it was just the way that he was taking the strikes. But anyway, Derek got the gr- fight to the ground on the first round. As soon as I saw that he got to the first round, I saw how a till was off his back. It could have been the knee injury, the the ability to, like, explosively stand up or explosively get his back to the cage. DC broke down. Derek Brunson's takedown. He's like, oh my god, it's so. Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren have been doing this since day one. You double leg against the cage. You put your hands together. You pull them. You push them against the cage to create the tension on the cage, like you would against the ropes. You pull them off the cage. So when you push them against the cage, that little bounce is going to give you enough of a momentum to pull them off the cage. Turn their butt either direction, face it to open, to the open, to the middle of the cage, like you're to the open space. You turn them to the right or to the left, face their butt and back to the open space in the middle of the cage, and complete your takedown. You're essentially giving yourself more drive. You drove them into the cage, you pulled them off the cage. And now you're turning them to complete that drive that you would normally do in any MMA or in any wrestling match. If I drive, the person has the cage to keep them up. If I have you behind, if I have you behind the two black lines and I drive, you're going to just use the cage. But then if I, use, if I personally use the cage, if I'm doing the takedown, I use the cage to push you off. And then complete my drive into open space, there goes all your takedown defense. And that takedown defense against the cage can be done without an ACL. Takedown defense and open space cannot be done without an ACL. Standing back up cannot be done without an ACL. As soon as he was on the ground, he was getting bombarded. He almost did not make it out of the first round. When I saw that, I knew he—Darren Till's not Edmund Shabazian. He's willing to fight, and he's willing to just take his licks and get back up. And he's not completely inept on the ground as Shabazian was, so he was doing a better job of keeping Derek close and not being able to rain as many strikes down on him. But I think that third round, Darren did everything he could. He hit him with a couple good shots, had him rocked, Derek took him down. And I think Darren's like, that's the best it's going to get. After this, I'm just going to take punishment for four and five. There's no reason to do that. Give him my back. He tried standing up. Gave him his back. Choked him out. It's not that he gave him his back as a... So the way that I saw there's a video out there of um, Big John and josh thompson and the title i didn't watch the video but the clickbait of the title is did he quit talking about darren till and that shows darren till like giving his back for the tape. that's a very that's misinterpreted like you can't i'm all for clickbait but fuck that podcast to be honest like all they're doing is trying to like be edgy but they're the two least edgy people in the mma like in the MMA world, like Big John, what the fuck are you talking about? You've been there since day one. You've been a company man since day fucking one. Josh Thompson? Couldn't make it in the UFC, so you kind of just sound like a better ex, a bitter ex. That's just the way it comes off, and so when they do these videos, I understand where they're coming at, but the clickbait is very, like, cringy. So, that being said, Darren Till didn't give up. He gave his back up, but there's not in his mind he's like, I'm giving up. It's more like this is my last – this is my chance. I'm going to go for it, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Could he have fought the hands a little bit more? Absolutely. Could you have fought the hands a little bit more? Yeah. Could anyone have? Yeah, absolutely. But could you have done it after you've done all the best that you can? You're coming in there on a bum leg. You flew all the way from England. Um Yada, yada, yada. Um, You you didn't do any wrestling for this camp. Da, 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 da. This guy's on top of you. He's been beating the shit out of you for two other rounds. Could you fight the hands then? No, then shut the fuck up. Like, it's not about did he give up. He went for something and it didn't work out. It was his last chance. And he died on his shield. There's nothing wrong with that. This, oh, did he give up? Like, those two should know better titling, titling something like that. Did he give up? No. He went for something. It didn't work. Um, anyway. Derek Brunson. Where does he go from here? Derek Brunson, do we want Izzy to lap the division? Do we want him to lap if he gets past Rob? Then two, then if he, and then if he beats Derek again, which I think he does all the all the all the adjustments Derek has made works have worked so far, but Izzy's it's not going to work on him. This is not the same. This is not the same person, yeah, you know you got clipped by Darren is this going to clip you again? So do we want to see Derek lap the division or do we want to see him fight Jared Cannonier? in the time being? I kind of like the Jared Cannonier fight. See how he goes against someone who, whose hips are, have shown and proven a heavyweight that comes down to middleweight that has shown and proven that you can't just take this man down. That's who I'd like to see him fight. And then if he beats him, go the same blueprints that he's been beating these guys yeah give him izzy but like to go izzy rob Derek brunson again it's like oh just the inevitable and at least that way we we know if we need to see the rematch if we don't need to see rematch jared cannon here's right there there we go move on um all right well those be the fights um anyway Jared Kananier versus Derek Brunson. Tell me. Are you all about it? Uh, all right. Remember, check out SunscrapNation.com for anything else. All right. So I'm an MMA junkie. I'm going to go over some news. The UFC's one-time only UFC or U.S. city visit so far include Bangor, but also includes some real surprises. Um wait. One us start with that. Look back at the cities I've been to in the US uh, but have yet to find a chance to go back. Albany, Baltimore, Bangor, Maine, Boise, Idaho, Casper, Wyoming. But like what what were they what did they fight them in? I would like to know where they fought them, fought these things in, like um the arenas, because Bangor, Maine. Like, what arena are you fighting in? Dothan, Alabama. Oh shit, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Hell yeah. Oh, Fight for the Troops. That's right. That was, um, Tim Kennedy, right? They've only been to Fresno once. That's weird. Greenville, South Carolina. They should go. They should go back. Greenville's a great city. Um... Greenville, South Carolina is a great city. It's crazy that they're not going back there. They haven't gone back. Hidalgo, Texas. Sorry, I'm going to see if there's any more. Yeah, Raleigh, North Carolina, they went. Hell yeah, Raleigh. Uh, uh. Oh, Brandy Love, the adult film star, lives in Raleigh? Why? Uh, where UFC took place, Evan Rachel Wood, and no, Michael C. Hall from Dexter were born in Raleigh. Oh, they were born in Raleigh. Uh, who? Um, uh, what's his name? American Idol winner. Uh, did he win? Um, what's his name? Fame. Goddamn. Um. Flamboyant, dude uh, Anyway He he worked as a camp counselor At the Y I used to work at um, And lifeguard at Clay Eakin uh, And I think he's from Raleigh Alright, anyway, let's see That was uh, MMA Junkie Trump is going to go, oh, Trump is going to be part of Triller Fight Club commentary team. Let's go, son. Let's make this the, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> Dog, I, It's not even about the whole thing. Uh, to me, it is bananas that this man talked about doing his own TV network. He talked about doing all this stuff and becoming like the Alex Jones of former president's. This motherfucker's first thing back is Triller Fight Club. You're the former president of the United States. One, how much money does Triller have that they can get a former president of the United States to be part of the commentary team? And two, hey, Donald Trump, you're a former president. Charge more for your time. Um, Jorge Masvidal interested in Nick Diaz. With two sixty six win, um, it's a classic fight. Yeah, if Nick can fight or if Nick can beat Robbie. Absolutely. The du Duplass- from South Africa, that South African fighter, got Andre Muniz. I think it's an amazing matchup. It's newcomer who who gets on the bus and goes home. You got Drickus Duplassiste, who's been knocking people out. He's got a very, like, he's kind of, like, passive in his style. But then when someone presses him, he like he's like, why'd you make me do it? Um, but then, Andre Muniz, you're talking about a guy that submitted Jockerage. He's big for the division. Everyone's looking at him going, he could be the next guy. Carlos Sparza, classy as shit, reacting to... Rose and Whaley rematch. I'm with her, man. I don't know why Carla's not getting... I I understand that the UFC is... sucking the... the metaphorical phallic thing of China fighters right now. But there is in no... World that Li Zhang deserves a rematch. There's not; she hasn't done anything. She has one title defense, and it was a very close fight against a former champion, multi-time world champion, in a fight that could have gone either way. You want to deserve more of a rematch than Whaley deserves a rematch. She got shut out in the first round. Carla's actually been on a on a tear. She's a former she's the former champ. Former champ with I think at least one title defense and um, at least one or two title defenses, uh, Ultimate Fighter winner. Like she, she and she's at the end of her career. I think she's also beat Rose. the The amount of love that they gave Whaley, I understand. Whaley is very marketable and stuff like that. She's she's shown me everything that uh, as far as holes like I. That's all I needed to see. This last fight is all I needed to see. I mean, to be fair, I did need to see that Joanna fight, but that just shows me it's not. That shows me that there might be something in the water in China that we're not talking about. When I see fighters with pace on the same level as, like, someone who's been doing it for way longer, I question... Dude, I'm with Nick and Nate. There's a lot of fighters here. I mean, if not almost all of them, they're all on steroids. All on steroids. Call it what you want. All on steroids. Uh 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 All right. Uh Jimmy Crute versus Jamal Hill. That's a good fight. I'm trying to see if there's any fights that got announced. All right. Well, no, no more fights. All right, well, that's all I got for you. Yep. That's all I got for you. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, remember to check out sunscrapnation.com and enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you guys take this week off and enjoy the weekend and not have to worry about fights. Stay safe. Peace.